This is the Employment Law Show. All right. Good stuff. There we go. Trapped under something heavy. No big deal. Hey, it's uh, 633 Schools here along with Alex Lucifero. He's uh, he's the guy and ready to go. It's courtesy of Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Going to be all over this like Kirstie Alling on a peach cobbler tonight. We have got so much to uh, to cover. Brother, you want to call through any time, you can. 416-870-6400. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Employment Law Show is on the air four nights a week. Friday, we do the Disability Law Show. But there you go. Alex is set to go. And we're going to get into this discussion uh, tonight. That is Employment Agreement Facts During COVID-19. Talk about Timely. That is coming up. But first, Alex, brother, always, you have the uh, the case of the day. What do you got going on? We're back at it, John. Thanks very much. Live from the road, actually, this evening, another edition of uh, the world-famous Employment Law Show. Great to be here. Great to be back live on the air talking, of course, Toronto, talking anything and everything to do with workplace severance, layoffs, harassment in the workplace. That's a all here on this very show. And as you said, John, this is a live call-in show. I want to hear from you. COVID uh, is still very much back in nowadays with cases uh, rising, falling in sick. We're still getting lots of questions from employees who are temporarily laid off. Uh, people that haven't been called back to work, that's still a big one. Unfortunately, there's lots of people being permanently let go from their jobs and offered severance packages. Some people are worried about safety in the workplace. You know, really, regardless of the issue, John, we speak with and help with we help so many people, regardless their, of their employment situations, every single day. That's what we're here uh, for tonight until 7 p.m. We're here to take your calls and answer any questions you have. So, again, feel free to call in. With that all out of the way, John, let's get us started with the case of the day. As you mentioned, sure. first matter I wanted to talk about. Uh, John, is what we call a constructive dismissal situation. A constructive dismissal occurs when there's a really big change in uh, your terms of employment as an employee, when your employer proposes really a kind of fundamental change to your employment. So spoke to a gentleman, this was now a couple of weeks back, uh, 13-year employee, John, uh, in his early 50s, doing very, very well as a sales manager for this company, making big money, uh, was successful in his role for quite some time. And out of nowhere, at the beginning of this year, his employer uh, came to him and said, hey, we're making changes to our sales plan. We're making changes to your compensation. You're no longer going to be making commissions on sales. You're now going to be dealing with a base salary only and there's going to be a little bit of a bonus tacked on to that. But your pay is going to change in a big way. And not for the positive, John, for the employee, for the negative. And when this guy did the math, uh, John, I mean, you know, can't believe it. But when this guy did the math, his pay was going to be changing to soon of basically half of his total compensation. He was going to be uh, receiving a pay cut by basically half of his total pay so obviously and that should be a massive red flag for anybody john he reached out to me uh we had a chat i told him absolutely not there is no way uh in any case that an employer can cut your pay by half this is a classic case of constructive dismissal you have absolutely no right to accept or no obligation rather to accept a change like this tell your employer no 
And if your employer gives you a hard time, then we'll deal with it. Well, this gentleman uh, did go to his employer and say, listen, I can't accept this. They told him they were going to do it anyway. And that's when we got involved, John. And here's the moral of, of the story. We sent this company one letter on this employee's behalf. We sent them one letter saying, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is a constructive dismissal. You have no right as a company to cut an employee's pay. You better back off or this employee is going to consider himself constructively dismissed. And we, and the reason why I'm telling this story, John, is we just got a response this morning uh, from the company. And guess what? They've backed off 100%. They are not going to be making this change anymore. They're going to be keeping this guy's pay the way it is. He's not going to lose a single penny of his total compensation package. This is a success story, uh, John, that actually happens pretty darn often. It happens all the time where we get involved in a situation, we rectify it, we explain to an employer what the employee's rights and entitlements are, and we get the situation resolved. This guy is over the moon, uh, John, that he's going to be keeping his full, full pay. His employer's backed off and they've learned their lesson. As they as they should sometimes, as Lior says, you just need a little bit of a kick in the pants to uh, to get back on the straight and narrow, and they did that. So uh, so well done, pal. By the way, you want to reach out to Alex anytime and his team. You could do so one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, as you know, the phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred have priority, and we'll get to uh, Miriam tonight. First call through is happening Miriam thank you uh, so much for uh, for joining the show and uh, what is uh, what is on your mind Thank you for taking my call I just yeah. want to understand the difference between disconnect the new law that came in non-compete and confidentiality um, if employees have to sign off what can they sign off and then what they're not allowed because it's law Great question yeah, and those are three very separate items, uh, Miriam. So the right to disconnect was effectively uh, a law that came into place at the end of last year that really, to be frank, doesn't require all that much of employers. It requires them to have a policy uh, that, uh, that, that spells out when an employee should be on the clock and when they shouldn't. It really stops short of that. When we're talking about confidentiality and non-competition, again, very, you know, two very separate items. If we are talking about a non-competition agreement prior to October 2021, so prior to October of 2021, last year, uh, those non-competition agreements are potentially enforceable. Non-competition agreements, Marion, need to be very, very carefully worded and very limited in how they restrict an employee from competing. Uh, They can't be overly broad or overly restrictive. Otherwise, they won't be enforceable at all. Uh, But what that new legislation did is they said that any non-competition agreements entered into after after October of 2021 are not enforceable. They're illegal, effectively. So if you're looking at a job offer right now and it has a non-competition clause, it's actually not worth the paper it's written on. Uh, With respect to confidentiality... Listen, uh, confidentiality is always an issue in the, in the workplace. Lots of employers have uh, non-confidentiality uh, agreements, and those are actually quite standard. Uh, unless there are particular issues that you have, I wouldn't be too worried about them. Oh, okay. So non-compete, basically, it's not worth anything anymore, but the confidentiality is still okay to have. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, certainly if you have concerns about what you're signing off on, give us a call. Happy to have a chat off air about a job offer that you're looking at. Uh, actually, more than non-competition or confidentiality language, Miriam, you should probably be looking at any termination language that's in an employment contract. That's probably the biggest worry that you should have. If ever you're let go, contracts might limit uh, what kind of severance you're owed, and that's usually a very big deal for employees. So if you're looking at a job offer, let's have a chat off air. Happy to help you out, and uh, we can figure out what you should be focusing your attention on and what is probably not an issue. Okay, and one more question. Basically, does this mean that it applies to everybody, or is it just for executives? No, no, it, actually, executives are are the individuals that are excluded from this law, funnily enough. It does apply to everyone else. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate you taking the time tonight to uh, to make that phone call and to reach out and continue on with uh, with Alex. You can do so, as mentioned, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, there's tons more information on the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, wrapped up into that website is the Severance Pay Calculator, which you're probably familiar with. If not, 2 million people have used it. 2 million, so you can check that out. At your uh, at your leisure, but we'll get into our topic for the day in between the phone calls, Alex, and that is employment agreement facts during COVID nineteen. Fact number one: What are employment agreements, and why are they important? Yeah, funnily enough, we were just talking talking about this with yep. Miriam, uh, yep. uh, John. It sounds like she was uh, looking at an employment contract and had some questions. Listen, employment agreements. It's very simple. They establish the ground rules for the relationship right. between an employee and an employer. Uh, there will be lots of paragraphs and what we call provisions and clauses in employment and agreements that give an employer rights, give an employer also obligations, and also vice versa for the employee. Again, they're the basic rules of the game. Why they're so important, John, listen, more and more nowadays, we are seeing employers introduce, especially with COVID and, you know, uh, belts tightening with respect to finances and how much money is available to the companies. We are seeing employers impose stricter and stricter and stricter employment agreements that limit an employee's rights, limit their severance entitlements, limit, limits what they can do in the event that their employment changes. And obviously that benefits the employer, but it, it you know, it affects the employee potentially in a very significant way. Employees need to know what they are agreeing to as part of these employment agreements. They also need to be aware, for all our listeners out there, you need to be aware that you're able to negotiate these employment agreements. Yeah. These rules aren't written in stone. You should be able to push back a little bit and negotiate some of these terms and not be shy to do so. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, all too uh, all too often people get that employment agreement, even if there is one, and they're, okay, vacation looks good, yep, salary, okay, looks like my bonus is there. Okay, we'll sign this and be done with it. Meanwhile, those are not, not the least important things, but there's other things that are just as important, if not more so, in that agreement, possibly, right? Yeah, absolutely right. And I one that I mentioned to Miriam uh, just a couple of minutes ago was termination language in employment contract. Mm-hmm. You know, especially nowadays, if you're looking at a new, you know, brand new 2022 employment contract, that termination language in the contract may very well limit your severance entitlements in the event that you are ever let go, uh, which is an important point because employees without a contract don't necessarily have those limitations. It should also be noted for any employees that are out there that have been let go recently and their employer suggests that there's a termination uh, provision in their employment contract, keep in mind any termination clauses that are maybe more than a year or two old 
they're probably not enforcing it. So it's always important to speak with an employment lawyer about your employment contracts, even if you've been let go uh, and there is termination language in your in your contract. Just getting warmed up with this topic. We're going to take a short break to give you a chance to grab a phone, ask your questions like Miriam did, get some answers. It's really quick, right? 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Monday Night Edition. When the Law Show continues. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Indeed, 647 Monday Night Edition, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 630 to 7. We're here always inviting your calls and your contribution to the show, 416-870-6400. And we'll get back shortly to the employment agreement facts during COVID-19 provided by Alex Luciferro, partner, by the way, Sam Firu, Tamarkin LLP. And I uh, want to get back to the phones now. John in Newmarket, thanks for uh, thanks for standing by, John. What's on your... Actually, no, we'll get to John here in just a minute. I want to get to this point before uh, before I lose track on it, Alex. Um, verbal agreements. We talked about the actual contract. People assume it's a, a piece of paper ready to go, but do verbal agreements hold as much weight, I guess you could say, as a written contract? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question, John. So ultimately they do. I mean, a, a verbal agreement could be just as enforceable as a written agreement. The problem, as you could probably expect with ver- verbal agreements, is one of evidence, right? So listen, if the mm. parties verbally agree on terms of employment and there's no uncertainty or there's no question, then that's absolutely fine. And, and actually, that might be beneficial to an employee. And I can explain why in a sec. The problem is, well, if one party understands one thing and the other understands another, well, then that's when a verbal agreement falls, falls apart. That said, John, as I was just alluding to, I actually uh, think it's a great benefit to an employee when there is only a verbal agreement or when there is no agreement at at all. It's a handshake, here's your pay, here's your vacation, and off we go. As funny as it might sound, John, that actually gives an employee their full rights, their full protections under the law. It's the employer that suffers in a situation like that. If you don't have a written contract, there's nothing you can actually limit that employee to uh, and that means that you would owe them full severance or an employee is allowed to dispute any changes to their employment. So verbal agreements are actually not a bad thing, John, when it comes to this. Again, 416-870-6400. Let's get to uh, John on the line, standing by for a moment there. John, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time, pal. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Beauty, what's on your mind? Um, I've been working in the entertainment industry, uh, live production. So obviously our industry has been hit pretty hard with COVID, um, and, uh, things going on recently. I've been offered a salary advance type program, um, which is great in the short term. Um, uh, my concern is in the case of being let go or COVID rearing its ugly, dirty head again, and the economy or and the industry collapsing how quickly am i expected to be paying back that advance should something happen uh, especially with it cutting into a severance package potentially and that being a very rough spot to have that happen excellent question uh, john and a timely one because it's, i mean it is related to our topic for today's show I think any kind of salary advance like that needs to be put into an agreement, a written agreement. And I think the questions that you ask are extremely good questions 
and they need to be spelled out. Ideally, from your point of view, uh, John, if you're receiving advances on pay, and unfortunately your employment comes to an end, listen, ideally from your perspective, there would be no obligation to repay any amounts in the event of a termination, and that should be weighed up against what your severance entitlements would be. Uh, right? So, for example, let's say your severance entitlements are, let's choose an example, $40,000, and you receive a $20,000 advance, uh, right? It might make sense that you weigh the $20,000 advance against what severance you're owed, but there would still be an outstanding balance there that's owed to you. And again, I'm just using very rough, you know, uh, you know, very rough numbers, but that's the way you should be thinking about something like that. There certainly needs to be an agreement in place. I would have a very in-depth conversation with your employer about what your expectations are and what you would like out of an agreement like that. And that is certainly something that we can assist with as well if there is any disagreement or if you're kind of struggling with, with uh, what to suggest to your employer. Again, let's have a chat off air. Let's figure out exactly what the situation is and what you can ask for, how much bargaining power you have. Uh, I'd be very careful uh, about agreeing to any kind of salary event without addressing those kinds of terms. Okay, yeah, no, I have some uh, some, uh, some paperwork there, some documents that I could definitely go over that with you, and that would be fantastic. Yeah, I John, we'll do that. Really worthwhile. John, I'll give you the uh, number that uh, we let you go. I'll give you a number to reach out to Alex anytime. Email address as well. Simple. It is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. So he'll be following up, I would imagine. Alex, get another call in here again. 416-870-6400. George, thanks for for hanging on for a moment. Uh, You're up next, pal. How are you? Uh, Good. Thank you. Excellent. What's, uh, What's your question? Uh, I'm in the construction industry and non-union shop. Uh, there's talks in the shop about going union. Would that be cause for uh, constructive dismissal? I do not want to go union. Yeah, excellent question. Uh, it depends. If it, I mean, obviously, if something like this is coming from the employees, George, it's tough to argue that it would be a constructive dismissal simply because, well, it's not something the employer has necessarily decided to do. I agree with you that it is a massive change to the terms of your employment, but I'm not sure it is ultimately a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal has to be a change that the employer is imposing upon you and forcing you to accept, which then gives you that defense of claiming constructive dismissal. Again, my concern here is that that might not be the the scenario. Uh, Listen, unions have certainly lots of pros to them, Better pay often, better job security, certainly. But there are some downsides as well. Severance is usually a big downside of unions, uh, and there are others as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it would be considered a constructive dismissal. I hate to say it, George. Oh, okay, thanks. Keep us, uh, keep us abreast of the situation, George. Appreciate you uh, calling in, by the way. And uh, anyone else has some time? we still got a few minutes here to go. Of course, 416 870 6,400. Want to get back to the uh, the topic uh, of the day or at least of the evening, uh, Alex, that is employment agreement facts during COVID-19. Number three, can termination clause, can a termination clause in an employment agreement impact your severance? Should you look out for it? Yeah, it certainly can, uh, John, but I, I say that with a massive asterisk next to it and a huge <laughs> disclaimer, which is that, and I, I could tell you this based off, uh, off experience, speaking to people every day on this subject, the vast majority of employment contracts out there 
and the termination language that's in those employment contracts are not enforceable, not enforceable. And that is a good thing, John, because what that means is employees are owed their full severance as a result. Right. Again, ideally, going back to the idea of a verbal contract, we don't want termination language in employment contracts. We want contracts to be silent about severance and silent about termination. That's what gives an employee their full severance entitlement. And unless, again, unless you're dealing with a 2022 brand spanking new employment contract that has a termination clause and it's been reviewed by a lawyer and you've been advised that it's enforceable, don't assume that the termination language in your employment contract is enforceable. If your contract is dated at all, even if it's a year old, it may very well be unenforceable. And again, that's a positive thing. That means that as an employee, you're going to get the maximum severance that you're owed, uh, which is, you know, can only be a good thing. What if you're already working and your employer uh, decides to throw a new employment contract at you, like mid-employment? What's your uh, what's your counter move at that point? Yeah, so I mean, uh, that is usually a big red flag. <laughs> John, I'll, I'll that <laughs> big time. When an employer, listen, unless it's a promotion, and even when it's a promotion, you've got you know the devil is always in the detail. Uh, but if your employer is introducing a new employment contract mid-employment, it's only for one purpose, John, and that is to limit your rights and entitlements as an employee. There's going to be something in that employment contract that is benefiting the employer. That's why they're doing it. You have to receive some sort of bonus, signing bonus or raise or something for that contract to even be enforceable. So look out for that as an employee. If you're just signing a contract in exchange for nothing, in exchange for just continuing your employment, well, then that's a, you know that's going to make it not enforceable to begin with. But if you're being presented with an employment contract mid-employment or even at the start of employment, quite frankly, John, my advice is to speak to an employment lawyer ASAP. Uh, don't hesitate. Don't hedge your bets. Uh, don't just assume that your employer is looking out for your best interest. Odds are they're looking out for their own best interest, and that's going to affect your bottom line big time. Let's get to uh, James really quick here. Last call for the uh, for evening of this show. James, thanks so much for joining the show. We literally got about 30 seconds. James, what's uh, what's your question? Awesome. Um, yeah, so my question is, if you have a pre-existing employment contract that's been signed and sealed, and you go and you check a section, say termination, and you realize that you that it's actually not like a great section, um, hmm. is it appropriate to go to your employer and ask for sort of like a rewrite and sort of negotiate like the pre-signed or like the already signed contract? Got it. Yeah, so to the points we were previously making, uh, Craig, if, number one, I think you should speak to an employment lawyer and have it reviewed with an employment lawyer. If the termination section is unenforceable, which if your contract is, like I said, I mean, it might even be enforceable if it's new, but if it's more than a year old, Craig, chances are it's unenforceable anyway. If that's the case, I wouldn't say boo to your employer because that's actually benefiting you, not them. If you want to have a conversation with your employer about the termination uh, provision, you need some leverage in the situation. You need them to want to give you something in exchange for signing the terms. Again, before you say anything to your employer about any of this, give us a call off air. I'm happy to have a quick chat, quick chat with you off air. We can figure out what you should be doing, what you should be saying exactly, if anything. one 821 5900 the way to reach out, James, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow night, 6.30, again, here on the Employment Law Show. 